Welcome back to Spend, Donate, Invest. I'm your host. I go by Gigi. That's short for Gennett Gimja. And this is a podcast where the topic is really how can we line up our social values, our political values, the kind of world we'd like to help create, and what we're doing with our money on a daily basis. So today we're going to talk about trust fund kids. When I was growing up in my predominantly working class community, there was this terrible thing you could call someone. It was a trust fund kid. And the implication was that if you were a trust fund kid, you were born with a silver spoon in your mouth, right? What a weird expression, by the way. (laughs) It meant that you had never really had to work for anything. Opportunities had just been handed to you on a silver platter. And even if you had a job or a profession, you probably didn't actually have any skills or deserve to have the power or the position because your generational wealth had paved the way for you to get there without actually having the skills or the know-how or having put in the same sweat equity as everyone else. Now, we didn't actually know any trust fund kids, (laughs) but we knew it was a bad thing to be called a trust fund kid. And sometimes I wonder, whatever happened to these, you know, so-called trust fund kids? They exist, not in the neighborhood I grew up in, (laughs) but they exist. What are they doing now? You know, today we're going to be talking about a group of young people with trust funds who are trying to reconcile their values and their incredible wealth. So the group is called Resource Generation. It started in 1998 by two young women. I believe they were in the Boston area, and it has grown a lot. There are now over a thousand members between the ages of 18 and 35 whose family wealth is over $20 billion collectively. So these are the grown-up trust fund kids. I'm going to include some links in case you want to do further research after today's episode. I'm going to include a lot of links. I really enjoyed researching this episode today. I'm even going to include their Twitter, which isn't very active at all, but it does have the sorts of things that really give it like the look and feel of this organization. Again, it's called Resource Generation. For example, they have a job posting uh, right now for a program director position, and they're very clear about the salary that this person will get, that it's a 32-hour-a-week, four-day-a-week position, Um You get six months of parental leave. You get health insurance for the employee, for their families. There's details about, like, retirement accounts and the employer contributions to those. And they let you know that you take a – well, you you get a two-month sabbatical after working there for four years. It just feels different than the average job posting that you you see at most organizations. And so you start to get a sense of their values and the way that they even post jobs for resource generation. So, um, and then also I noticed that whenever the staff does take breaks, like at the end of the summer, I think there's a break that they all take together. They post about how taking this break as an organization is a reflection of their values. It's really interesting So this is a young person's organization, right, ages 18 to 35, and they're fed up with the way their parents have given away their wealth. Their parents tend to be, you know, stingier in their giving. They tend to give to charities that aren't going to create meaningful change. 
in the way that our society fundamentally works, which makes sense, right? You wouldn't want to overhaul a system that made your family super rich, right? So whereas their parents tend to give to museums or their universities that they graduated from, this generation of trust fund kids that are members of this group want to have social impact. The mission of resource generation is to organize these young people to become leaders working towards the equitable distribution of wealth, land, and power. Those are strong words. They do conferences and workshops with speakers who are social justice activists, who are experts on all kinds of social justice philanthropy topics. They have experts on DAFs. I have been working on an episode about those, um, even if you've never heard about it. It's, it's very simple. It's basically a way to park your money while you decide how to donate it if you want the tax break now, but you're not quite ready to actually donate the money yet. They have experts at their conferences on the difference between reparations and regenerative philanthropy, which is a different um, a different model for philanthropy that moves away from like the top down ivory tower kind of giving and puts the power back into the hands of the people in the communities that are, you know, in terms of like defining impact and how the work should be done. Um, that's a very surface level definition of what generative, regenerative philanthropy is. If you're interested in learning more about that, I'd be happy to do a deeper dive on a future episode. Just let me know. Um, but these are the kinds of experts that they bring in to talk to these grown-up trust fund kids to learn about how they can um, do a better job than their parents have and their ancestors have of giving away their money and creating a more equitable distribution of wealth, land, and power. I really enjoyed reading the materials that they have for resource generation online. It reads very Gen Z, and I love that. Um, one of the sessions I found in their conference is called Pleasure-Based Transformational Fundraising and Organizing. <laughs> I love young people. <laughs> so their big conference is coming up here soon, and I'm jealous. They're requiring negative COVID test results to get into the conference in today's day and age. Can you imagine? <laughs> I'm recording this in the fall of 2023. <laughs> they have local chapters. Um, they have a redistribution pledge that you can sign if you want to. On it, they say, we are living in the most extreme wealth inequality in modern history. As young people, this stops with our generation. And then they pledge how much they're going to give so that they don't become wealthier from their wealth at a minimum. But hopefully, the idea is that they'll pledge to give away even more than that. They will redistribute their wealth in a way that sustains the social justice movements and just creates a more equitable world. Here's how they say it in their words. Resource generation is working towards a vision in which wealth, land, and power are equitably shared. Achieving this vision requires more than just individual action. It requires systemic, cultural, policy, and institutional shifts, as well as reparations and a radical reimagining of society. We believe that well-resourced, grassroots social movements led by Black, Indigenous, and people of color, poor and working-class communities— Women and queer and trans people are our best hope for achieving this vision. 
And so we ask our members to commit to sustaining social justice movements that are working towards systemic shifts. So these are some progressive ideas. They have a goal of mobilizing $100 million a year towards this vision. That's about 7% of the wealth that these members have. And they're asking members to donate a minimum of 7% of their wealth and to make it a multi-year commitment. And then they ask that of that pot of money that they're giving away, that they spend a tenth of it as membership dues back to resource generation. So the members of resource generation are motivated to give in ways that create systemic change. And they believe, and I agree, that a part of that is funding political movements. And, you know, this is a tough one because a large part of our problems comes from wealthy people having too much influence on our public policies. But I tend to believe that until we can dismantle the current system, it probably makes sense for these young, rich people to play the game. If the Koch brothers are going to throw millions and billions of dollars into harmful causes like the NRA, I'm not mad at these young, progressive people for throwing their money behind progressive causes. We'll see how far this goes, because the way the tax codes are written— You get tax deductions for giving to charities, but you don't get those same write-offs if you give towards politics. So hopefully these young people don't lose their their resolve. I'm going to leave a bunch of links for you in the show notes today, including a very honest essay from a member of Resource Generation who writes about how she was raised when it comes to money and some of the uncomfortable truths about the way that her family has hoarded wealth. It was very interesting. She writes about the intersections of class, race, and her family's specific heritage. Just check it out. I I was very interested to read that. Any other episodes you'd like to hear about on the show, send me an email anytime. The email is spenddonateinvest at gmail.com. And there's a newly refreshed website that you can check out located at spenddonateinvest.world. That's a great place to sign up for the monthly-ish newsletter. No spam. It's super low-key. Don't worry. (laughs) You can sign up for that on the website. I think I'm going to stop here for today. Have a good one, and let's talk again soon.